As a listener of the Shift Your Consciousness podcast presented by Marcus White and Jordan Briggs, we would like you to understand that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Any changes to your supplementation, nutrition or lifestyle should only be done after consulting with a medical professional. Welcome to the Shift Your Consciousness podcast. My name is Marcus White. And my name is Jordan Briggs. We help people overcome a range of chronic and acute health issues and empower people to live a healthy, fulfilling life. Our mission in this podcast is to bring oppressed and current relevant information from all realms of health that you most likely don't know to empower new possibilities in your health journey. We want to help free your mind of the indoctrination of the mainstream medical system, media and societal dogma that disempowers your ability to heal, grow and live a connected life. If you're someone who is feeling trapped in your journey, not getting answers, but also equally fascinated in learning how to address the root cause to your health issues and is also open-minded to all mediums of health, this podcast is for you. So come join us to shift your consciousness. Okay, we are back with another podcast, the Shift Your Consciousness podcast, and we are lucky enough to have an absolute superstar guest with us today. Uh, he's internationally renowned, uh, travels all over the world, talking at conferences. Um, he's a superstar at boosting your testosterone. Uh, he's in the uh, biohacking space. He's in the nootropic space. He's a qualified naturopath. Uh, we uh, it's my pleasure to announce we've got lucas owen with us how are you lucas i'm great guys i'm excited for today's chat uh it's awesome to have you here bro i just remember first coming across your profile on instagram some time ago and um man just the content you're always putting out it goes under ergogenic health is that how you say it yeah yeah yeah. ergogenic health some of the content you're bringing out like years ago when i first got in the space i'm like this was a kind of inspired. You're one of the inspirations, actually, that got me into all this kind of functional medicine work. So, uh, thank you for all your work, bro. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's funny because if you look at the um, evolution of my Instagram profile, at the start, I was posting like extremely niche and super bizarre and exotic studies. But now I'm like, I'm dialing it back a little bit. I'm going more mainstream. But uh, yeah, I actually miss the like, um, I miss being like the ultra nerdy posts ideas like i really, I really do <laughs> yeah dude like you and kyle like because kyle i connected with as well at the start and um you guys were just talking about some wild shit and i'm like what is this like this is why yeah. all these kind of like nootropics and stuff out of russia and i'm like what the fuck? also what I, also what i love is like you you'll bring up like studies that um you know well shift people's consciousness they like you'll bring up um information i was talking to geordie about it the other day about like ashwagandha and like what that does to people yeah. and no one knows about that, you know, and that's some of the stuff I love about your work is that all of a sudden you'll um, make people have to think differently. Well, I mean, that's like part of my mission is to like bring forward new and novel information that people just, it's like my, my the slogan on YouTube is like health information that you'll struggle to find on Google. So I say that, I think I've said that over a, probably like over 500 times now. I think at this point now it's like on a, uh, like, it's actually, if you were to record that, it'd be like the exact same pitch and tone every single time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So, uh, like, usually how we usually start this podcast is, man, where did it all start for you? Like, when, what got you into the industry? Like, what, where did your journey start? Well, um, I mean, I used to, 
play semi-professional soccer and one of my goals was to become like a like turn pro as a as a soccer player um you know i dedicated a lot of my life to to training just like marcus you know what it's like with football and 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 exercise and things like that like you take it very seriously and and i did and then i got into like supplementation nutrition i started looking into different like biohacks you know that that term was relatively unknown back then so i thought i was like an early adopter back then (laughs) with that term um and then from there like i started working in my dad's pharmacy so my dad's a you know pharmacist and i had the i had the choice of either going down that becoming a becoming a a pharmacist or actually i went down the other path which was becoming a naturopath so i um you know went in the the opposite direction um and with without saying that i'd you know, I still think there's a time and place for, you know, Western medicine. Um, and I still, you know, refer people to doctors and things like that. But um, I just always knew that I could make a really big difference in the um, natural health optimization space and the, and the naturopathy space. And in particular, the supplementation space, I guess like that's what I'm pretty well known for is like my ability to identify supplements that are effective, safe, and understand dosages and different things like that. Um, and then from there, basically, you know, got involved in a startup. So, I was, I was actually involved in um, Australia's very first nootropic startup. Um, back then, it was called Newts, like newts.co. So, it's a pretty funny name. Um, I learned what not to do in that business. You know, I was, I was working for free for two years, you know, unpaid two years, you know, whilst I was studying. Um, I was learning about content creation, email marketing, and then I was like, all right, now nah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start my own Instagram. I started the Instagram. My objective with Instagram was to bring forward something new to the, to the health space. And I, I, would, I would see other health coaches and um, like guys like Dave Asprey and Joe Rogan and, other, and Ben Greenfield posting studies. And I'm like, I can do this and I, I reckon I can do an even better job. So, like, <laughs> I started my Instagram and then, yeah, from there, that's, um, that's how it started pretty much. Wow. And, um, and so, w- with, like, your studies and stuff like that, like, did you wh- – where did you take that after – was it just entropathy? Is that where you, yeah. where you started? Yeah. Well, actually, originally, I started an exercise science degree. I did a year and a half of that and then I transitioned over, got a few credit points from that and then transitioned into naturopathy and that was a four-year full-time degree at Southern School of Natural Therapies and, yeah, all all I remember from university was, number one, um, like being cheeky with a few of my mates in class, like um, one of my best mates, Stefan, was in my class and we used to just have a lot of fun. We used to ask like really just silly questions. Ironically, I ended up getting ducks of my year level. So, yeah, I was, I was cheeky, but I also knew my shit. So, um, so, you were just like interrupting and pissing everyone else off and you knew what you were doing. <laughs> well, I was that guy who um, finished the assignment before the assignment was even handed out. Yeah. So, I was like the, the – t- like, you know, I, was, I used to just want to get way ahead so that I could free up my time. The reason why I wanted to free up my time was so that I could spend time doing my Instagram. So, like, after after university, I would stay back and I would just, like, I remember the standing desk that I used to stand at every single day. I'd just stand on that same spot and some of the lecturers would walk past and they'd be like, you haven't gone home yet. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, you know, I'm busy working. I never, I never really told them what I was working on. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I've got work to do. Um, but actually, back then, I remember I was, like, just 
designing posts, designing posts, like image, caption, title, image, caption, title, just nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> wow. One of the um, one of the points that I just want to bring up that you said early on that I think a lot of people in the industry may be aspiring to be as successful as you are, Lucas, you made a point that you worked for two years with no pay before mm. you started getting anywhere with your Instagram. Um, and I know like we'll go into more health topics, but I just think that's a really good point because I think some people, mm. want, they want things straight away and they don't realise the work that someone like yourself has put in for, for no reward and now is reaping the rewards later. Yeah, and I was going to add to that as well. Like the, the amount of extra work that you must be doing in the background as well. Like when I, the point of me bringing up the thing about the entropathy degree is like that's where you started, but you must be in, you, 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 you must be just on PubMed constantly. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like always learning. 50 tabs open so, on the computer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, at one stage I had to, um, I had to usually people put like a timer limit on how many, how long they can spend on certain websites. I had to lock myself out of, um, out of like Reddit and, um, these other forums because I just spend too much time on these forums and just like the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning taking a shit, I'd go on Reddit and start researching. Like it's the first <laughs> thing I would do. <laughs> so good. Uh. That's classic. That's so good. Yeah. And yeah, like, dude, because, like, going back with what he said, like, he must have put some hard yards in for, for quite some time to get where you are. Yeah. The, um, like, the two years unpaid stuff, like, for me, it was first of all, I pictured it. I'm like, I know this will, my, my brother was, you know, and my family were saying, like, this is a great experience. Like, there's not many 19 year olds that are doing that, which is good. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure this will pay off in the end. Like, I'm sure it'll be beneficial. Um, I learned so much about like business. I learned about um, how to treat people, customer success, customer ha- um, satisfaction. I learned about, I, I quickly identified what people gravitated towards. Like, what, how can I, okay, I've got a supplement that I know is awesome, but how can I post about it in a way that makes people actually interested in the product? And how can they relate to the product? I used to always, the way I would um, create posts was like, I would create a post on, let's say, something that everyone knows is healthy for the brain, which is like blueberries, right? Everyone knows blue, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully a lot of people know that blueberries are good for your brain and good for your body. But I'd be like, all right, so if I start the post with like, everyone knows that about blueberries, but they don't know this about blueberries. So it's like, start with what they know and mention what they don't know. Like yeah. that was usually my my strategy, like a hook. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Mm. Well, they're, they're, like, when there's so many wild things you've put out that I'm just like, holy shit! Like it, it really does get your attention. And mm. I, I don't know where you like you're able like like, and this might be good for a lot of other health coaches and stuff to listen to. Is how do you break down a study so well and simplify it so well into something like that, like a hook yeah. and a, a way to get it across. Well, well it's funny. Nice. Yeah, well, this was all before AI. So, like, now that we've got AI, mm. I mean, that can that can speed up the process a lot. And now I'm leveraging it a lot because it just means that my output is multiplied by five. So uh, mm. I was already fast, and now this is just making it making it even faster. But back then, what I would do was, um, well, I had access to I could unlock any. Uh, clinical study, any any research paper with the use of, and again, your audience can use this now. It's called SciHub. You're probably familiar mm. with SciHub. 
Like I was using that back in the day to unlock studies and I'd scan through them and identify what the, what does like what does my audience want to know about this particular study? Like what do they what do they want to know? What do they want to hear? And what can I share that will actually keep their attention engaged the whole time? So I would do I don't know if you've seen back if you scroll all the way back on my Instagram, you'll see that there was usually like, what is it? How does it work? Um dosages or risks and then it's finally like here's the takeaway and people would just love that format because it's it's just something that i came up with i thought this is what people want to know they want to know what is it a little bit about it how does it work dosages and what's the takeaway when to use it how to use it all that sort of stuff like that was usually the approach that i took and um yeah i think it's uh like a good framework at least and now over time over over the years over years of like Social media has evolved. Reels are more favorable. Static posts are pretty like they're dead. And then that at, at the two and a half year mark, or I think it was around the three year mark, that's when I was like, I did one. You, I did one Instagram video. It was like me with a whiteboard. I looked like so scruffy and so shit, and just like in a garage, just looked terrible. This when I you had like, the afro. When I had the what? Sorry? When you had like the curly afro. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> The crazy hair. <laughs> so this this crazy hair dude in a garage with a whiteboard creating um, videos. I was like, "Fuck, let's see how people, let's see how they take this." And then um, I got really good, really good um engagement from that. And people were like, "This is awesome. We love this content." And then it was actually my brother's suggestion to be like, "Dude, like, why don't you go on YouTube?" And I'm like, "Hmm." This was at the start of lockdown. I'm like, "Maybe YouTube's a good option." Um, and then I'm like. I'm going to give YouTube a crack. Like I'm still young. I've got time to build it up. Like let's go. Like let's start with YouTube. And till this day, 95% of my content efforts are on YouTube and I don't even, I barely bother with Instagram now. Like it's just reposting stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's where I go and watch a lot of your stuff when I want to look deeper into it. Or a lot of time you grab my attention on Instagram and then I'll go over to your YouTube so your YouTube is boost your biology, or is it your podcast is boost your biology, or they're both? Yeah, so um, this can be a little bit confusing. So boost your biology is the YouTube and the podcast and yep. my website boostyourbiology.com. We we need to change the Instagram to boost your biology because I've actually the ergogenic health that doesn't need, like I've rebranded to boost your biology now. Um, but you can't get boost your biology as a. Um, I've already got the I've already got it on Instagram, the Boost Your Biology handle, but I don't even know how to swap it. Like I don't oh, know how right. <laughs> Oh really? Isn't this like I can't changing it? I can't even log into the to, I've got the Boost Your Biology, but I can't log in for some stupid I don't I need to contact wow. Instagram. That's so yeah. frustrating. Wow. Yeah. There you go. That's good to know. Well, something um, I want to go into that um, I know you probably talk about it a lot, but this is the way I uh, I know you, I'm sure Jordan knows you, is being able to boost people's testosterone to amazing limits pretty naturally. Um, <laughs> and I want to know, like, why testosterone? What what sparked your interest there? Was there something that, like, jumped out at you that made you think, far out, I need to, I need to get into this space? Well, I mean, originally I was interested in like nootropics, so like boosting brain power. And then I was like, okay, well, where does brain power actually stem from? Like wh- what what actually can influence the brain very powerfully? And I quickly began to realize that like testosterone is the hormone 
that affects the brain the most in the way that I want it to affect it, like in the way, in the direction I want it to go in, which the direction I want it to go in is I want to be confident. I want to be resilient. I want to have good motivation. I want to have good energy levels. Like all those things are, are mediated by testosterone. And so I was like, okay, well, you're not really a biohacker if you're like if 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 you're becoming a if you're into biohacking and you're into like optimizing energy and focus and resilience and confidence and muscle growth and all that testosterone needs to be a focus like it needs to be a critical area for men you know like specifically a, a specialize in men's health yeah um it needs to be an area of focus and that's when I was like all right got my first blood work tested back in probably 2016 and um. I think my testosterone was around 680 nanograms per deciliter. So it was, it was all right. It was not, not amazing. And then I'm like, all right, let's see what I can do. Let's see how far I can push it. Um, you know, got it near, got it to near a thousand nanograms per deciliter. Um, and then I was like, all right, I reckon a lot of guys would also want to do the same thing. So that's when I was like, yep, this is, this is the space I want to be in. You look like a raging bull as well when you had it at a thousand. <laughs> You just had veins bobbing out everywhere. Like you look like an animal. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. So flattering. That's when I, <laughs> that's when I learned like, yeah, testosterone is definitely um, important. And then I started looking into like what's happening on a global level. And like, we're seeing a, you know, we're, they're literally reducing the reference range. You know, you guys both look at blood work as well. Like yep. they're reducing the reference range for testosterone because it's dropped down so much. Fertility counts are dropping massively. Like I knew it was going to be a popular area and like it's 2023 now, but like you can imagine in four years from now, five, six years from now, it's like to have high testosterone will be extremely rare. Like not many guys will have high testosterone. Yeah, I um, I worked with a – I actually had a meeting with a client yesterday. I work preconception with people and it's funny you say that about the testosterone. So we've got a – and I hadn't looked at this guy's blood yet, um, but he has really low sperm count. And then he said, yeah, but my testosterone's optimal. I'm like, you got to understand that optimal via the doctors is not optimal and it's just getting worse and worse. And I don't know what you about you, Joel, but a lot of the yeah. males that I will look at, their testosterone's in the 300s um, uh, most of the time. Yeah, most of the time around that. But I reckon I've, I've, I've had men as low as 65 yeah. nanograms Whoa. per deciliter. Yeah. Wow. I know, and we, you know, we did some awesome work from the inspiration of your work, <laughs> and um, got it got it back up. But like, it's it's wild, and GPs are just going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and can we can we go through? Mm. So let's. You, you're starting at six hundred and eighty, was it? What yeah. were the what were the steps, and what did you put together to get it up to a thousand? Yeah. So the um the concoction of biohacks. I mean, if you look at the the, the different experiments that I subdued my body to, like obviously nutrition, nutrition has to has to change. Like nutrition has to be a a core pillar of um, hormonal output, and you know shifting the main focus to saturated fats. Like you see the typical, you know, Paul Saladino is correct. You know, saturated fat and fruit, you know, the, the carnivore esque type diet. With to me, I'm I'm like a variation of that, like. I would actually deliberately keep carbohydrates higher than what he recommends. I'm usually aiming for around 300 to 350 grams per day, which is 
for an 80, 82 kilogram person, it's quite a lot. It's quite a lot. Um, but in terms of like the things that I did to really move the needle, I mean, number one is something that I was already doing, which is weight training. But the weight training that I was doing was two high rep ranges. Like I actually dropped it down towards five to eight reps for the rep ranges. Like that's usually, it's more strength training. Like you're actually going to build strength with that sort of training. That's number one. Number two was icing my balls. For sure, that made a difference. Um, <laughs> and How long so, um, so I did it two times two times a day for 10, 10 to fifteen minutes, and um, like you can feel, you can actually notice a difference when you do it. And you know, once I posted that, when I posted that YouTube video, um, it's got over a hundred thousand views now. Like, it's got a lot of. Like a lot of lot of guys have commented on that video as well, and you can just see what their feedback has been like, and they all just they all love it. They all love yeah. it. So for any of the li- listeners, um, Lucas was definitely the pioneer for that. One hundred percent. Now everyone does it, but that's that started with Lucas. Yeah. How many yeah. guys burnt their like ice burnt their balls because they didn't cover their balls? And they just did major <laughs> on their skin. <laughs> Geez, it would be funny if we have like statistics. How many balls in 2023 have been iced? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, 400,000 testicles have been iced because of Lucas. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's, part, it's part of my protocols now, like with yeah. clients with low testosterone. It's like, and they're all like freaked out. I'm like, yeah, but I'm always like, make sure you wear like something in between your ice pack and your nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, the one thing is um, it's funny because over the years I had, like, m- many different, like, DMs and messages about, like, how to do it. And I had one guy, I have no idea where he came up with the idea, but he was, he said that he was using an, a frying pan to ice his balls. And I was just like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have no idea, no idea how he came up with that idea. Um, but, like, the practice, it should be, you know, you want to apply the ice pack up against the jocks, your underwear, not not actually up against the skin because you can burn the skin. But mm. definitely, if you're going to jump into a sauna, um, sauna does the opposite. You know, sauna will promote infertility, will kill sperm, affect testosterone production. Whereas, like, that's why you need to apply an ice pack if you're going to jump into a sauna. Yep. Mm. Wow. So, with with the rest of um the kind of stack that you did i would like it because it was was it just that was there supplementation as well yeah yeah so like nutrition exercise i optimized my sleep so like made sure i was getting seven to nine hours of sleep like deep deep sleep and then like away uh, from blue light and all that sort of stuff yeah so i was wearing the blue light blocking glasses i put on the blue light filter on my screen and i'd just be strict with like sleep quality um I will also mention I was doing sprint training twice a week as well. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just absolutely convinced that sprint training has some sort of, um, some crazy effect on hormones. Like there's, there's a little bit of research on how it affects growth, like growth hormone and DHT, like those two key pathways. But yeah, I was doing sprint training twice a week, and then I was also, I was also incorporating like various supplements you know you got tonkarali i was having pine pollen i was having um cystanch extract i was having taurine artichoke vitamin b1 um a range of different supplements that i knew were going to have a positive effect i use a little bit of pregnenolone as well um to help with that precursor hormone and then yeah that was pretty much like my my approach and my stack and then 
Um, I've experimented with a bunch of different herbs since. Like I've tried different stuff as well, like Fedosia agrestis. I get a really good effect from that. Um, I've tried different like botanicals from Brazil, different ginsengs from Asia. Like I've tried to – my body would have some crazy metabolites in there, like some crazy uh, yeah. compound. <laughs> yeah. Crazy Your body's compound. been a bit of a lab. Yeah. Yeah, but not so not not as much as Brian Johnson, but yeah, it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> the liver king. Yeah, oh, yeah, jeez. Maybe we can just reverse engineer like just everything you've gone through a little bit, like, and just make our way through because we've got plenty of time to maybe speak into the science a little bit, maybe, and we know that you're the king of that. <laughs> so, so mm-hmm. um, maybe we could start even just with the icing of the balls. What have you learned about that? Yeah, so um, a lot of people want to know like what is it and how does it actually work? Like what's the science behind it? Number one is um, there's a reason why the testes are they're, they're found hanging outside the body. It's because they actually need to be kept cooler than the core body temperature. Um, and so when the testes are kept cooler, they can function optimally. When you're sitting down at a desk and you're wearing tight underwear or you're sitting driving wearing tight underwear or you're playing sport and your your balls get warm, it's gonna it's gonna really dramatically affect um, sperm production and testosterone production as well. So, um, the science behind it is applying cooling causes massive amounts of vasoconstriction. So your like the blood flow and circulation is reduced to the testes. So you're actually getting reduction in blood flow, but then that's followed by like a rebound vasodilation that occurs after the session. And that's bringing new and fresh oxygen and, and nutrients to the to the testes. Um, this is all theoretical, by the way. This is not actually like there's there's studies on um, testicular um, cooling for fertility. There's there's literally solid science showing that it'll increase sperm count, <clears throat> sperm motility, sperm viability. Um, but there's also the other aspect, which is the mechanical mechanical tension, where um, when you're applying there's actually testosterone that's found in the in the veins that recirculate back up off when you with the testes is like the spermatic cord. There's also this um, region outside the testes where there's actually small amounts of testosterone that actually uh, occupied in that particular space. And there's research showing that like testicular massage or applying mechanical tension to the testes, where you're actually um, applying pressure there can actually liberate some of that testosterone and go into the bloodstream. So that's actually, this is new research that I haven't even spoken about anywhere, but it's really new science. It's showing that there's, it's called the, um, in the in the tunica vag- vaginalis or something, it's like a sp- specific part of the testes um, that can actually accumulate testosterone and by applying tension to that area, it can actually liberate it and put it um, into the bloodstream. Wow. Incredible. Mm. That's awesome. So, so, and then with, with sauna, it's kind of just doing the opposite effect, is it? Yeah. So, with sauna usage, what's happening is we're getting, we're applying heat to the testes mm. um, and sperm, sperm, sperm cells are really sensitive to heat. Um, like they actually get destroyed in hot climates. And, and that's actually um, historically, that there's a theory that, um, they used to use hot tubs as a form of male contraception, like to actually kill off sperm. Um, 
don't rely on that, gents. For those listening in, don't, don't think, <laughs> don't think you can uh, get away with that. But um, yeah, definitely. So what happens is the heat damages the sperm. It affects Leydig cell functioning, and and that that affects testosterone production. So um, if you're going to jump into a sauna as a guy and you care about testosterone, then Unfortunately, you're going to have to pack a bag of peas into the sauna. So, frozen wow. peas. Be the weird guy there in the sauna. And, um, and what, what about like this more animal-based diet? Like, why is that important? Yeah. So, if you look at the literature, it's pretty obvious that both saturated fats and monounsaturated fats are beneficial for fertility and testosterone production. So, um, you know, steak, you know, red meat. Eggs, dairy, milk, like cheese, yogurt, um, la- like fish. Um, th- these are, you know, healthy fats and healthy protein sources. And the-, the good part about these foods is that they're extremely bioavailable. Like Liver King was correct. You know, he was actually correct about organ meats, you know. Mm. Um, Paul Saladino says it as well. Organ meats are beneficial. Sean Baker says the same thing. Organ meats are beneficial. They're beneficial because they're very easily digested and they're also very easily absorbed and they got all these what's interesting is that they've actually got all of these um hidden um not even discovered peptides and and um chemicals that actually probably have a beneficial effect that we don't even know about yet like we don't even have we haven't even looked into that but um yeah that's i think an important point to know whereas with plant-based foods and you guys would understand um, anti-nutrients, you know, you guys talked about that before, oxalates, selectins. Um, unfortunately, they're just not going to get absorbed as well and they can actually strip the body of some nutrients at the same time. So, um, if we're looking at sh- modifying the, the diet specifically for testosterone, you know, we want to be focusing on saturated fats plus the monounsaturated fats. So, things like macadamia nuts, almonds, um, uh, avocado, avocados, olive oil, like these are beneficial fats as well. And they're being shown to help with testosterone production, yeah, according to the research. Wow. And why and- fats? Or- <coughs> I was just going to say, just, um, I was going to move from fats into like cholesterol because a lot of people, obviously, cholesterol being a major building block for steroidal hormones. And most people are trying to get their cholesterol as low as possible. Could we speak into that a little bit? Is that a focus on trying to get more cholesterol rich foods? Absolutely. Like if you look at, um, chicken hearts, for example, they're super high in cholesterol. And so you look at eggs, eggs are high in cholesterol. Um, and cholesterol is built, you know, building a, a back, the backbone chemical structure to create pregnenolone. And um, interesting research on low cholesterol actually increasing the risk of mortality, like of dying prematurely. So having very, very low cholesterol is not good because you know the the brain requires cholesterol. The brain is made up of cholesterol as well. Um, and very, very low fat, very, very low fat diets. Is another is a is a recipe for low testosterone as well. So if you're deliberately dropping your fats very low, like I mean less than fifty grams, let's say, let's say less than about thirty to forty grams of fats per day, um, which is pretty low. Um, most people will will feel the will feel the impact, um, and also like, yeah, there's a lot of guys that will like go on that sort of diet. Like I I had a friend of mine who. Decided to go vegan <laughs> um, 
and uh, like I've seen his blood work over the years and his testosterone took a massive hit. Like it was insane. Like his testosterone dropped down to like 300. Um, and he was, he was around 600 to begin with. Um, so, you know, more than, you know, it's a significant reduction. Um, and then, you know, you got the argument around carbohydrates. You know, we're sort of saying it before, but maybe my approach is not the best, but I, I'm, I'm in this for the long game. Like I'm not here to just do a, f- a freaking like one to two year diet and then just crash and burn and burn out and get adrenal fatigue. Like I'm eating my carbs. Like I'm eating my sourdough bread berries, fruit, rice, um, you know, pasta. Like I eat all these foods because my blood work suggests that it's good and I can I feel good. I've got energy, like feel good. So yeah, I keep keep mm. eating these foods. Yeah, wow. And with this cholesterol thing, like it's it's the precursor to like DHE and pregnolone, right? Which is like the thing that really drives testosterone. Yeah, so cholesterol is the beginning substrate and then um, cholesterol gets converted into pregnenolone and from pregnenolone it goes down into either DHEA and then eventually testosterone or it goes down um, the cortisol pathway. There's the the pregnenolone steel, which is like Mm. we haven't even sort of spoken about the impact of stress, but I know Marcus talks a lot about stress and he knows a lot about, you know, the impact of stress and, um, you know, that, that what that can do is it shifts the body's resources away from um, reproduction or, you know, reproductive hormones and more towards fight or flight. Hmm. And, you know, you're going to get more cortisol production. And then there's, you know, there's actually a an antagonistic relationship between cortisol and, and testosterone. The higher the, the cortisol, the, the lower the testosterone. Um, so, a, a, another part of the, the stack that I put together for my testosterone levels is when I did the, when I did the Dutch test, um, like it's a really comprehensive test for hormones and and cortisol. Interestingly, my cortisol levels were actually off the reference range low, like they were actually extremely low. Um, some people might think that's like a really good thing, but it, uh, Marcus, yeah. <laughs> I was just sorry, mate. I was just going to say, like people wouldn't realize that, you know, you were you feeling quite tired because people don't yeah. realize cortisol gives you energy. So, it's not a bad thing. It's when it's chronically yeah. high that it can be a bad thing. Yeah. So, my, my when my cortisol levels were tanked, like um, this is – I, I would say that my energy to get up in the morning wasn't wasn't incredible back then. This was even before I started investigating stuff. Then I realized that low low iron was contributing to that low cortisol. Um, improper thyroid functioning was contributing to that. And then a sh- some of the supplements I was using, like they can be pretty powerful cortisol inhibitors. Like um, a lot of these nootropics, they can um, block cortisol synthesis. Ashwagandha is one of them. Go to cola lemon balm, magnolia bark, like there's different herbs that can suppress cortisol. Um, there's even one that uh, one that I prescribe to clients who have really high cortisol. Um, it's called Emodin, E-M-O-D-I-N, Emodin. Um, that's probably the most powerful cortisol suppressor over the counter. Well, it's not over the counter, but it's like it's not, not a prescription medication. Um, that can suppress cortisol massively, like up to 44%. So that's a really Whoa. powerful supplement. Yeah, wow. And these these like um, herbs you're talking about, you're talking about like adaptogens, right? Yeah, yeah. So like mm. when I was at naturopathy school, one thing that we always got taught was like adaptogens, like what are they, what are the benefits? And, you know, you got things like rhodiola, ginseng, deerantler, 
ashwagandha, goji cola. Um, I think I've tried pretty much all the adaptogens under the sun. Um, you'd hope that they grow out in the sun, not not in the rain. But um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, definitely responded pretty well to like rhodiola, for example. For me, that that has a pretty strong anti fatigue effect. Um, it also activates like heat shock proteins, which is um, what's also activated by sauna usage. So a lot of these um, adaptogens actually work on, they basically activate the same pathways that like exercise can activate, that um, sauna can activate. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of like sprinkling them in into your, into your routine. Like there was a period of time when I was using cordyceps. I literally used cordyceps for two and a half years, two and a half years straight. Um when I was younger, when I was playing soccer, and I, I used to love it. Like, I, I felt great. I used to have good, really good aerobic capacity. My breathing was good. Um, I rarely got sick, um, and I had pretty high – I felt I felt good back then. So, yeah. Mm, fantastic. And um, and with the, like, um, like Tonkat Ali, because that's an adaptogen, right? And this is one of the big ones that gets thrown around the testosterone-boosting world. <laughs> What's what's the big fuss about Tonkat Ali? Yeah, so Tonkat Ali was probably one of the the ones that I, I noted down as like maybe top five test boosters as a natural supplement. Um, you got things like Tribulus, Maca, th- Maca powder is thrown in the mix sometimes, but it's not actually a test booster. It just increases um, sexual libido and sperm count. Um, but Tonkat Ali truly does um, increase free testosterone. It does this by um, reducing sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG. That increases free testosterone, also increases DHEA. Um, and Tonkat Ali, geez, I remember the first time I gave it to one of my best mates. Um, yeah, he was, he, was a, he was a happy man. He was a happy <laughs> man. <laughs> I, to be honest, like um, I, uh, have you seen Kyle's blend of Atanabolic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, and there, there'd be a few in there that you like. Yeah, I, I was having that, and I was like, oh, geez, I don't know if I could keep having this. I was like a raging bull. I, I'm actually a bit afraid to have it because I've got a bottle of it sitting in my cupboard, but I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Evelyn's yeah. going to think I'm fucking, yeah, just get, me, get him away from me. Evelyn will be running. I mean, <laughs> Belle's already running from me, and she's pregnant. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be running on three legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, mate, I loved hearing about that. And then, uh, like, obviously, the first thing that you talked about that was your massive passion that got you from, um, uh, got you into testosterone was nootropics. So, obviously, creating, um, uh, better brain health. Can we can we talk a little bit further into that? Like, what are the things that you love manipulating? Like, we talked to Kyle about it a little bit. Like, he just loves how you can manipulate neurotransmitters and sort of get yourself to feel however you want to feel. Um, if I want to feel calm, if I want to feel motivated, is that sort of the thing that got you into nootropics or was it more around like possibly concentration while you were studying? You know, I'd love to hear. Well, it's funny because um, – about three years ago, I, I I wouldn't say I invented the word or the term, but I, I came up with this idea of cosmetic neurology. So, you know, you've got cosmetic beauty and you've got beauty products. You can change your appearance pretty easily. You can go get Botox. You can go put some mascara on. Like it's there's things you can do to beautify beautify yourself. There's things you can do to optimize your the way you feel. Like you can – and that's cosmetic neurology, which is like 
I want to deliberately increase this neurotransmitter to feel this certain way. I want to deliberately lower this neurotransmitter to feel this certain way. Uh, like, for example, I want to formulate a stack that I can take instead of drinking alcohol that can make me feel more outgoing, confident, social, and not be stuck in my head the whole night ruminating and thinking about what I'm going to say next to the next person that asked me a question. Like, there's, there's states that I've been in. I've been in situations where I've gone out to a party. This is many, many years ago, probably when my I just wasn't really dialed in, but I'd feel like I'd go out and I would be so intense. Like, I'd just be so serious and I just couldn't freaking relax and just like ease into the conversation and just enjoy hanging out with mates. But instead, I'd be like, so intense, bro. Just like, just relax, bro. Um, <laughs> but I, I just couldn't. Like, I really couldn't. It was because, you know, looking back, I was taking a bunch of things that were like increasing glutamate and um, increasing norepinephrine and noradrenaline. And, and I realized like, dude, like you need a big dose of taurine because you are just way too intense. <laughs> bring that gabba on. Yeah, bring on, bring on the gabba. Like increase that gabba tone. Um, increasing gabba is what alcohol does. You know, alcohol works on that pathway. And, you know, let's, let's do it in a safe way. I don't want to take alcohol. Stuff that. Like I'm not drinking alcohol to increase my social abilities. Like, no, that's what that's what sheep and mainstream people do. Like they just follow that and do what everyone else does. Like I was like, what else can I look into that can help with that GABA? And I looked into taurine. I'm like, okay, amazing safety profile, no come down, no crash, um, really healthy for your body, increases longevity, the opposite of alcohol. Um, you know, what's what's wrong with like why don't I just continue using this? So I'm like, taurine's been part of my stack for a long time because at least for me, some people it might be magnesium takes the edge off. Like it just dampens the intensity, reduces that intensity. And I love the I love the idea of being able to hijack your neurotransmitters. Like I, I love the idea of like you don't have to wake up feeling anxious. You don't have to. You can you can meditate. You can you can um, do exercise. Like all of these things manipulate neurotransmitters. But for me, I was like, I want to take a direct sniper rifle approach and I'm going to use nootropics to do that. And I've learned over the years through experimenting with probably over 250 different, I'm not even joking when I say 250, I'd say like maybe up to 300 different um, compounds and, and supplements to realize like what does what to me, like what has what effect on my biology um, and that's where the whole – actually, that's sort of where the boost your biology brand came into play. It's like, this is your biology, let's boost it sort of thing. <clears throat> wow. So, what, what's been the most beneficial nootropic that you've ever used? Uh, well, um, speaking of Russia, I know um, uh, market. Yeah. I think market. What was that, Jordan, you brought up? Yeah. <laughs> What was that about? Um, All these well, Russian bloody drugs that they've been formulating over there for, for years. <laughs> <laughs> these underground things. Yeah. Lucy <laughs> knows all about. <laughs> yeah. The one that um, in terms of impact, like thing that really pushed me into a different level that I never knew was possible was um, uh, it's the very first synthetic adaptogen ever developed. So adaptogens, as we said before, ginseng, rhodiola, um, ashwagandha, different, there's lots of different adaptogens. Well, the Russian 
there were Russian scientists looking at developing a synthetic adaptogen, like a pharmaceutical grade adaptogen. So I was like, hmm, like let's look, let's look into this. What's this all about? Like let's look into the research. It was called Ladastin or Bromantine. Um, Looked into the research, looked into the clinical trials, looked at the effect size, looked into how it works, looked into the safety profile. I was like, you know what? I've seen enough positive reports on this particular drug. Um, I've seen enough clinical research. I'm like, I'm going to give it a crack. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. Went to the library. So I took it um, like 9:30 in the morning. Went to the state library in in, in Melbourne. I'm like, all right, you know, four hours in, I'm like man, this, this is placebo. Like, I don't feel anything. I literally don't feel, I don't feel anything at all. Like, I'm I'm pretty good at gauging whether I feel something or not and I didn't feel anything. And then hit the fifth, six-hour mark, I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm starting to feel it. Like, I'm starting to feel more energetic. Like, I'm going to go back home and do a workout. And that workout was the best... <laughs> Till this day, it was the very best workout that I've ever done in my life. I felt I went to the playground. I did like a calisthenics workout, and I remember just smashing chin ups, push ups, and I was like feeling euphoric and like actually I felt high during that workout. Um, <laughs> I felt amazing, um, and I'm like, "What's the catch here? Like, when's this gonna when's this gonna fade out?" And I'm like, the next day I woke up, I slept like six hours, and I'm like, I woke up feeling like really energized and like super energetic and feeling great. I'm like, damn, this is, this feels awesome. Um, it still lasted for like two or three more days, that same wow. sort of effect after one dose. Um, and then eventually it faded out. But like that wasn't, that was a, to me, that was like the most powerful nootropic that I've ever tried in terms of like, yeah, I felt, I felt amazing. And I, and I, I looked into, I knew what it was doing. I knew exactly what pathways it was activating and that's when I was like, all right, yeah, clearly dopamine is like this is the neurotransmitter that this is the neurotransmitter that I want to feel my very best. And it's dopamine and GABA. And those two neurotransmitters, optimizing those for me, led to huge changes in my productivity, energy, um, overall outlook on life, positivity and everything like that. So yeah. Why is that? Like what, what's what's dopamine and GABA so good for? Maybe start with dopamine. Uh, so like dopamine is the, the neurotransmitter of motivation and drive. And it also basically it's the neurotransmitter that encourages us to seek out our goal or work towards achieving our goal. Um, so it's, it's um, reinforcing and people think that dopamine is the like specifically the pleasure that you get like but actually that pleasure response let's say when you eat a chocolate bar and you swallow it and you get that that nice feeling actually a lot of that nice feeling is is activated by the opioid system not not the dopamine it's more so the the opioid system there's um which is why morphine is so uh you know painkillers can be so addictive because they activate that same pathway. But if we look at dopamine, I mean, bromantane, that drug that I took is one way to do it. It's not the only way to do it. You know, you can go into a cold shower, you can do an ice bath, you can do high-intensity interval training, a really strong, run, a hard running session, which I know Marcus has, you know, done. you've done heaps of those in your 
in your life and you've probably felt the dopamine buzz after the workout. Yeah, you pay a bit um, of a price. You go through you go through the hard stuff, but at the end, it's like it is euphoric. Yeah, that's the, that's the know, word. Runners high, right? Runners yeah. high. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that is mediated by dopamine, but um, but there's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. Sorry, mate, to cut in. There's a difference. You feel high intensity versus going for a long run. A long run, you come back, you do not feel the same as going through like a really hard, high-intensity running session. Yeah, it's funny you say that. It's yeah. That's right. Mm. It's a great point. That's um. So that's like, yeah, the um, endorphin an- anandamide, the kappa opioid receptors. So like there's um, there's these receptors in the brain, these kappa opioid receptors. They're like the um, part of this di- – sorry, dynorphin system where um, – even when you jump into a sauna, you know, there's that grueling initial pain period where you, or like you're just feeling disc not necessarily not everyone feels comfortable. There's a there's a there's a moment of like um how do I put it? Like you're slightly distressed. You're not yeah. feeling like you're you're withstanding heat. So you're combating uh, heat. You want to jump out. Yeah, there's a part of you that's like mm, I'd rather be out. Like but that pathway that you're activating um like doing hard things creates a harder, like a harder mind, you know, like doing those more difficult activities. The body is so smart. If it's doing something that's really difficult, it's going to respond by adapting to become stronger. Like it's, it's designed that way. Like it's a, we're a resilient machine. We're designed to um, upregulate enzymes and hormones to combat that for the next time you go in. So that's like you're building resilience over time. But yeah, I'd say dopamine, like I learned a lot about it. I researched it. I understand like amino acids that increase it, um, B vitamins that increase it. Like it's it's important. Um, and if somebody if somebody wants to truly assess whether or not they need more serotonin or more dopamine, I'll tell them this experiment. So go the experiment is like if you go out and have a big bowl of white rice with like turkey. Tell me how you feel after that meal. Do you feel like motivated and energetic and driven or do you feel tired and you want to sleep? Hmm. Like turkey increases serotonin. That's what happens when you increase serotonin. You're going to – Is that because turkey's high in tryptophan? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So turkey – Carbohydrates will be raising insulin and driving tryptophan through the blood-brain barrier, Correct. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's that experiment. Like, if somebody wants to like gauge, well, do I need more serotonin or do I need more dopamine? If they if they need if they want to test if they need more dopamine, go out and buy the most the cheapest amino one of the most cheapest amino one of the cheapest amino acids, tyrosine. Go out and buy some tyrosine. Take some tyrosine and see how you feel. Like, if you feel more energetic and more more motivated, and you feel like you can work out harder. Well, maybe you need some more dopamine, you know? Wow. Yeah, cool. that's easy. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good actionable step for everyone. <laughs> yeah, very simple. What about what about GABA? What's so important about GABA? Yeah, so GABA is like putting the handbrake on anxiety. So it has a dampening effect on our um, irritability and anxiousness and tension. So GABA is like more of the calming, relaxing one. Um, and that particular the GABA pathway is important for most if you look at the anxiety drugs on the market benzodiazepines or valium or xanax whatever wherever your listeners are listening in um like these drugs work on the GABA system specifically 
Um, and and also these sleep medications, they also work on the GABA system. So we can pretty clearly see like you, if you activate the GABA pathway, you're going to induce an anti – it's called an anxiolytic effect or anti-anxiety effect. Um, and funnily enough, GABA is one of the neurotransmitters that you can actually take. You can actually swallow a GABA pill. Like you can take GABA. You can't take dopamine. Like there's no capsule that's like here's dopamine. You can take the precursors. You can't take serotonin. You can take 5-HTP or um, tryptophan, but you can actually take GABA. You can actually swallow a, a GABA capsule and see how you feel. You can, you, you'll notice like a, if I can't fall asleep at night, sometimes what I've done in the past is I've, got, I've had a GABA capsule next to my bed. I'll open up the capsule, put it under my tongue, and within five minutes, I'm asleep like, and I'm just out. And is, wow. it a, is it a sign with people with low GABA, what I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of people with low GABA might wake up at like 3 a.m. and like sort of like jump out like they're ready to get out of bed and realize, oh, hang on a second, it's the middle of the night. Um, is that, oh, that's what I've heard is a sign of low GABA. And sometimes when I have clients, I give them passion flower to try and help with um, uh, holding more GABA in the brain. Yeah, yeah, definitely the um – like if you look at it, traditional Chinese medicine, that 3 to 5 a.m. wake-up time is oh, – I think it's like 2 to 4 a.m. wake-up time is like the liver liver path, like liver dysfunction or liver toxicity. Um, but also cortisol would start to rise early in the morning sometimes for some people. Um, but definitely GABA is going to – GABA suppresses cortisol. So if you take GABA, you know, you're going to suppress cortisol. You're going to increase your heart rate variability, you know, HIV score, which is beneficial. Um, and you're going to increase that parasympathetic nervous system response as well. Mm. Yeah, we're going to touch on that a little bit too, Whitey, with like um, GABA to glutamate ratio as well, because that's another thing mm. that you'd be hacking there too, Lucas, wouldn't you? Which I know things like mold toxicity and things like that can really affect. Yeah, yeah, definitely mold, like mold toxicity, gluten, gluten consumption can affect the GABA glutamate balance. Um, yeah, nu- nutrient deficiencies, B vitamin deficiencies can affect GABA production. Um, definitely, yeah. Like you can – it's funny because if you look at the – there's like an old supplement that was originally developed called uh, ZMA or ZMA. Do you guys remember that supplement? Yeah, z- z- is that zinc, magnesium and, and – B6. And B6, yeah. yeah I haven't heard of that one. That, yeah. yeah. That was like a OG bodybuilding sleep supplement. It was literally just zinc, magnesium, vitamin B6. Um, and part of that formula is like helps to increase GABA, um, reduce glutamate. And if you look at like L-theanine, which is found in green tea, um, L-theanine blocks glutamate production, like it blocks glutamate um, production. And you can feel that. Like I've got a video on YouTube of me megadosing um, L-theanine. I did like a thousand milligrams. The typical dose is between 100 to 200 milligrams. I think I... For that video, I think I did a thousand to twelve hundred milligrams. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I subject myself to experiments, but I know it's safe because it's you know there's no toxicity with that. But um, well, there is, but not not super obvious. But um, yeah, that that makes you feel like you're on you're on clouds, like you're just relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Full on. There's another um thing that circulates a nootropic called Fennybutt that's. Like, yeah. that, that active, or is it Fenaboot? Or Fenaboot? How do you say it? Yeah, that that, yeah, that, that works on the GABA pathway, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so Fenibut, um, I've been wanting to try it, even though I know it's risky. 
but I, I've got good resilience threshold. Like I know I'm not going to get hooked on it because I'm. Yeah. I've got a good discipline profile, but I yeah. I would would be interested in trialing it. Um, Fennybot, it's funny because Fennybot or Fennybut, um, it's actually another Russian development. Like it's another funny coming Russian. out of Russia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the Russians. Uh, Keep bringing it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Killing it. They they also use that for cosmonaut, like for uh, so the the one that I tried that bromantane that's actually used for astronauts and cosmonauts. So like it's so powerful at it at increasing energy and withstanding stress that they literally have prescribed it for hanging out with Elon Musk in Mars. Like that's what they oh, yeah. <laughs> have prescribed it for. Um, I'm heading to I'm actually heading to Mars next week. Actually, I booked the book. <laughs> Just hanging out with Elon, are you, Lucas, now? Yeah. <laughs> the big shot. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's yeah. some downsides. Like, I, like every, everyone that uses Fenny, but they just say, oh, my God, I feel like shit today. <laughs> like, like, they take a little bit too much because it really gives that kind of, like, come down effect, doesn't it? Well, one of my one Oh, of my yeah. Men- Sorry, mate. One of my mentors, he, he mentioned it to me because he was big on trying to um, get more GABA into his brain just because he couldn't switch off. And he said he felt like it's quite addictive. Yeah. 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 So, funny, but like, I, like it's because it, um, because it activates the GABA B receptor, not the GABA A receptor. It activates the GABA B receptor. When you agonize that, like baclofen and some other pain-killing medications, if you bind, if you take a drug or supplement that binds that receptor, Man, oh man, that can be really habit forming and really um, mm. like inducive an addictive response to it. And, and when you don't take it, you're going to feel like shit. Like you're going to ha- probably have worse anxiety. Um, that's why I prefer megadosing taurine because it's like yeah. you can take that. It's going to activate the GABA A receptors, not really touch the GABA B. Um, but the GABA B receptors, uh, you know, I'm going to play around with those in the future. I haven't touched them, but I will I will tickle them one day. Mm, <laughs> love it. Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, mate, like obviously we can't hold on to you for too long. Um, the one thing I wanted to get into a little bit is, you know, you're always studying and learning new things. Is there something at the moment that's sparking your interest that you're really looking into at the moment that maybe the listeners haven't seen a lot of on your YouTube or your podcast? Like what's sparking your interest at the moment? It's a it's a good question because I'm I am always on the hunt and I'm always got I've always got things in the pipeline that I'm waiting to I'm waiting to talk about but I'm going to be here on the very first podcast to talk about it, um, which I haven't spoken about yet, which is um, the new leucine, the new leucine, which is going to be called it's um, di-leucine. It's a leucine peptide, um, which is going to be more effective than leucine at stimulating muscle growth. So that's going to be a natty supplement, natural supplement that's going to be beneficial for muscle growth um, called dilucine. So um, hopefully by the, hopefully within three weeks or so, this my, my video on YouTube will be released. Um, so those that want to learn more about it, they can check it out at um, Boost Your Biology, my YouTube channel. But that's one that's really sparked my interest. Um, and I'm chatting with the CEO next week to have him on the podcast. Wow. So leucine works on the mTOR pathway, right? Yeah. So leucine is like, you know, it's one of the BCAAs, you know, BC, leucine, isoleucine, valine. Um, these are essential amino acids. Um, leucine is a really well studied amino acid for muscle growth and muscle recovery and repair. 
but this dilucine is more effective than leucine at sti- it's like by f- i think it's 46% more effective than leucine at stimulating muscle protein synthesis wow yeah. which is mTOR yeah wow yeah. and you've, you've have you tried it yourself and yet or if you just it's just the studies that you've um, found the information uh, it's 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 probably literally on on fedex it's in it's literally on its way as we speak yeah. Can't wait to see the results, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to do some um, consistent experimenting with it, and not not get too carried away with other supplements, and try and do it in isolation so I can really monitor the effects. It's incredible because, like you know, think about all the all the kind of um, more safer options now than anabolic steroids that people get, can have access to. You know, whether it's things like BPC one five seven, whether it's something like this. There's all these different options, right? Like, what else do you think might be actually that come into that sort of caliber? Do you feel that maybe the listeners could could tap into? Um, so, dilucine, we've spoken about uh, from the natty supplement side. Um, lemon, like a lemon myrtle. I, I posted this a, a long time ago on YouTube, but it's no one's manufactured it yet. But it's um. There's a particular ingredient in lemon myrtle that stimulates stem cell production in the muscles, like stem cells. So that's um, going to be pretty interesting. This is all really preliminary research, but um, from the like, look, I was just saying to the guys on my group coaching call this morning that like, if we can, f- there's a big demand for a supplement that's natural that builds muscle without side effects, like. Every guy wants that pretty much. Like which guy does not want that? Which most guys want a natural supplement like creatine that can build muscle, is safe, and is not going to um, suppress your testosterone. Like you've got the guys that are willing to go on steroids and testosterone. So that's like the highest possible risk, the highest possible return in terms of like, you know, you go on steroids or like testosterone, Anavar, Primabol, and master on any of these steroids you're going to get a pretty damn good um increase in muscle growth but at what cost you know at at what cost not not as in financial cost but like safety wise so i'd say like the big category of supplements that i'm going to be posting about is the natural natural muscle building supplements that's going to be a big space wow that's awesome i guess the listeners can keep a lookout for that and that's exciting Sorry about that noise just before. I just had, uh, didn't have my do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. um, something that I wanted to touch on and wheel back to a little bit was like, what do you think is killing men's testosterone? Um, so if we look at the, the, the data, um, obesity, carrying excess body fat is a, is a big problem. Um, no pun intended. There's like definitely a, a problem with carrying excess body fat. Um, and then I'd say number two would be like poor, poor diet, like just a crappy diet. And then number three, I'd say would be, um, poor sleep or stress. Like these are like big factors that play a role in low testosterone. Yeah. And what, what do you think about like just chemicals and all these things we're exposed to today, whether it's things like atrazine or, you know, other endocrine disruptors, phylates, like these type of things. Well, yeah, I mean, sunscreen, like so many guys ask me questions about sunscreen. Like like if they're going to be using sunscreen that's got like these phthalates and these harmful chemicals, like it's just, 
Like you're going to go to the beach. You want to boost your testosterone. You don't want to be going to the beach to lower your testosterone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like you're not going to be slathering on some sunscreen that's going to lower your testosterone when you go to like you these these can, not only will it affect testosterone it'll affect thyroid it'll affect prolactin it'll affect estrogen like the liver the liver has to detoxify these chemicals if your liver's shit how are you going to detoxify these chemicals it's going to be even harder you're going to your immune system might drop um chemicals re- touching receipts like that's another one that you guys know about yeah yeah bpa on receipts mm. yeah well mate lucas um it's been a pleasure thanks so much for coming on and um just letting the listeners know or like sharing your mind it's been uh, phenomenal i think there's been a lot for people to take out um what do you think jordan yeah well i think it's it's been an absolute pleasure man you're an absolute wealth of knowledge and um yeah as we always kind of finish this like is there any sort of um things coming out, offerings that you have, programs or anything that for any of the listeners might might benefit them um, with especially the men because I think it was pretty targeted at men today. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure, for sure. They can um, check out my website, boostyourbiology.com. Um, there's a range of different services there. If they want to reach out to me, they can contact me directly, um, lucas at boostyourbiology.com. Um, they can contact me there and also – I recommend to them if they want free content to devour, go to my YouTube channel. That's Boost Your Biology. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you so much, Lucas, mate. We uh, hopefully might get you on again for another one and um, go deeper with some, you know, emerging uh, research that you got your hands on. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, gents, and um, yeah, look forward to seeing you guys soon. Thanks, mate. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening. We hope this opened your mind to new possibilities in your journey. If you want to follow on for more, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Life Athlete Health and at Coach Jordan Briggs. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you next time.